You've got work friends, you've got best friends, and now you've got ghoul friends. Hello and welcome to episode 114 of the Ghoul Friends podcast. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Celeste. And that's a mouthful. That's 114. A that's after like 100. It was yeah. just like, ah. Honestly, it all kind of like blurs together. <laughs> I realized too that we've never had a, a very accurate way of tracking what we cover in episodes because mainly I think we never thought we were going to get to 114. <laughs> so I'm like, wow, we probably just say the same shit over and over again. And y'all are like, you've talked about this before. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Also, they're still here. Thank you. If anyone would like to make us a catalog of our topics, please feel free. <laughs> would not be mad. Uh, it's true. Yeah. Um, we had Thanksgiving. We did. Oh, talk okay. about that. Yeah. Because we skipped the week. We did. We, as usual, thought we would have time and we had no time. Yeah. Because it was busy. True. It was a busy travel week for us. Um, so like we said, we went to Nashville to go see Gabby Ghoul. Yep, we did. Um, had a very fun Thanksgiving in her <laughs> very tiny apartment. Other than us all throwing out Jeff's dressing. We did have one oopsie <laughs> occur during that trip. Um, Let me just preface this. With, say, you want to tell the I story? I think it's, it's all of our faults. You know, we can't just blame Gabby. But Gabby's kind of the biggest And we straight culprit. up threw her under the bus <laughs> when we came down. I just left the room. I was like, not me. Not my baggage. Um, so Gabby's apartment is... Tiny. It, yeah, it was like, I don't know, thousand square feet, mm-hmm. roughly. And so there was the three of us staying there. We stayed with her. Yeah. Um, mom and Papa Ghoul got a hotel, but they obviously were at the house most of the time. Yeah. Um, so kitchen space, it was like a one ass kitchen. Yeah. Um, you cannot have more than one ass in that kitchen at a time. It reminded me of being back in our condo. Yeah. Small. Mm-hmm. And everything had just gotten shoved into the refrigerator and. Yeah, it was scary in there. If you know me, I have OCD pretty bad. And I was like, this can't happen. <laughs> Not on my watch. So. I just took pretty much everything out of the fridge mm-hmm. and then just put it back in. But mm-hmm. there was like, she had like leftovers and things. So I was just like, all right, what do you want to keep? What do you not want to keep? Mm-hmm. So we had the, oh, hey kitty. <laughs> um, the pile of kind of leftovers and she threw it away. That was fine. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving morning, <laughs> Jeff goes and looks for his dressing that he had made, uh, the day before, like on Wednesday, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, where's my dressing? And we're, we're like, uh, huh. is that the one with the green peppers in it? And huh. Gabby's like, that looked like leftovers I had two weeks ago. To be I fair, threw it away. Very sad looking little leftovers. Like, it did not look like something that was prepped. I don't know why, but yeah. it just, like, did not strike me as something we needed for Thanksgiving. Right. It looks like leftovers. Like, leftover, I don't know. Something with green peppers. Yeah. Like- yeah. Well, this, the dressing got dumped. <laughs> um, Jeff was not happy. Jeff he discovered. was... I, he thought we were kidding at first, and then we were like, we're pretty serious. We're indeed not kidding. It's definitely gone. <laughs> but to be fair, it looked delicious, mm-hmm. and we didn't have any because... It was not gluten free, but yes, there was enough for to another make more. batch. So it got made. Another batch was made. It was made. The fire was put out. It was a hot mess there for a minute, but we pulled it together. And I made mimosas to I make everyone say, feel There better. was alcohol bright and early that morning. <laughs> it was fine. It, it was, was a, fine. A little whoopsie, but overall, I would say Thanksgiving turned out 
good. It was great. Yeah. So it was good to see Gabby. It was good yeah. to go back to Nashville. Yeah. Um, we went to Printer's Alley, which yes. is very haunted. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of like the red light district. Of, yeah, kind of like the brothel um, area. Yep, of Nashville mm-hmm. back in the yield days. Back, way back when. So that was cool. Yeah, we walked down the pedestrian bridge. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, Got our family. <laughs> took Christmas our family photo. <laughs> Got that done. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, so I think overall it was a good trip. Um, it was. Went by really quickly, and you it know, did. by the time we were flying and traveling and pets and all the things, you know, it yeah. just, the episode did not happen, so we yeah. apologize. Sorry, y'all. It, you know, it happens. We're like, oh, we'll record with Gabby. That'll be fun. And then I was like, oh, we gotta go. Oops. <laughs> and on to next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, we're just going to have to chalk that up to a loss. Yep. Yeah. We so. have a visiting house guest. Curious if hopefully he will stay seated for this recording. <laughs> yes. Um, one of my coworkers mm-hmm. slash friend um, has, if you follow me on Instagram, like my personal page, you probably see a lot of Murphy, the little, little schnauzer, little who's like schnauzer. 14 and just a grumpy old man, <laughs> um, is hanging out with us for a few days. Yeah, while she's out of town. Mom is in California with her sisters. I've already taken like 10 photos of him yeah. to send to you to send to her. So He's already pooped twice this morning and it is 8.45 a.m. It's, it's kind of funny having a dog in the house again. Yeah. Like the fact that like when you have a dog and you're so used to walking that dog on a schedule, it's just like second nature. But now I'm like, oh my God, like does he need to go out? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what do you do? I know. But Murphy's pretty good. When he needs to go out, he just sits next to you and growls at you. <laughs> so that means direct to the point. <laughs> Um, and then you just go out. He's, he's a good boy. Him and Mishka have already become fast friends and yeah. Kitty's Kitty. staring from afar, but she's down here. So she's fine. Yeah. I was going to say, Kitty's, they're used to dogs. So. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about this this morning, but Mishka has been around dogs since he yeah. was a kitten. Mishka like literally does not care. Mm-mm. And Kitty just is keeping her eye on him, but mm-hmm. she's okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, um, they don't mind. She found the will to eat her her breakfast this morning. I was going to say, no one's, like, starving. Though we did have to move the breakfast up to the kitchen table because (laughs) Murphy has also decided he would like some of their breakfast, too. (laughs) And sorry, Murphy, but that is very expensive prescription cat food. (laughs) Yeah, love you, baby, but no. No. You can't Here's a cheese stick. (laughs) Yeah, we'll find you some other treats. Don't you worry. Because your negligent mother did not bring you any treats. (laughs) Don't worry. Our my office is chock full of dog treats. <laughs> I saw that giant like tub of them. Yep. Yeah. Snacks. Sammy's gonna go to work with me for the week, so yep. It'd be good. It's always good to have dogs at the office. Yeah, it's always a nice treat. Yeah, have them there. So yeah, I think we've got that going on. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Our lives are not that interesting, but um, I don't think so. Um, happy wedding anniversary to one of our favorite listeners, Leanne. Oh, yeah. She put it up the other day, so I made a note that I wanted to give her a shout-out. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Yeah. I think it was 17 years they've yeah, been together. Like, and I'm like, it seems impossible when you look 25. <laughs> I, I know. I literally... like Because she's a little older than we are, right? Yeah. She literally looks like... 25. Yeah. I'm like, she has, like, teenage children. I'm like, what the fuck? I know. That blew... I'm still like, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Whatever your skincare regime is, Leanne, it's, it's working. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Her son is in um, marching band, so. Yeah, we were talking about that. You um, 
no marching band very well. Yeah. I don't know if we talked about that. We probably have, but I was a huge um, band nerd through middle school, high school, college. I played clarinet for upwards of 10 years and did marching band myself. Yep. Yeah. So I'm very well, it was bringing back all the memories, seeing him in his little uniform. Yep. Which by the way, you would think those uniforms are warm when it's cold out, but they're actually not (laughs) at all. You will freeze. So yeah. You look pretty official in in your your get up. It was, it kind of, we always like said it made us look like, cause, um, I'll, Go back a little bit. I was a drum major, which <laughs> which is not drums. As Dan has that has nothing to do with drums. Um, so for those that don't know what a drum major is, they are the student conductors. So you see them up on the podium. They kind of look like they're flapping their wings. Um, what they're doing is they're actually uh, conducting or like they act like a metronome for the band because when the football field is so big that when you are at the back of the field, there's a delay in sound. So if you are playing and marching to what you are hearing, you're going to be off beat. But by looking at the drum major and seeing when they are giving the downbeat, that helps you stay in time. Um, so that's what I did. And we wore all white uniforms that made us look like little like Michelin men. <laughs> that's what I always <laughs> felt like when I wore it. But um, yeah, some fun times. Cool. Yeah. Well, happy anniversary, Leanne. Yes. 17 years. What will it be like when we get to 17 years? <laughs> We've got a while. <laughs> Hell, we just hit ours. I was like, dang. <laughs> Five years married. That's still a long time. It is. That's a big one. It'll be crazy when it's 10, you know? Yeah. And the funnier thing is that, like, you said it once that, like, weeks go by slowly, but years Yeah, by like, you have, like, long days, but, like, years fly by. Yeah, and it's so true because, like, it's hard to believe we've even been married for five years. Yeah. So I'm sure we'll blink in. It'll be 10 and we'll be like, the fuck? <laughs> what happened? I know, exactly. <laughs> Man, imagine how what episode will be on then. Welcome to episode 455. <laughs> 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 We're still not famous. <laughs> My <Maya>. Damn it. <laughs> We're still trying to fire up that Patreon <laughs> we've been talking about for 10 years. Uh, we have the cards for it. We just haven't, <laughs> we haven't pulled the cord yet. <laughs> Someone discover us. <laughs> if anyone knows of any good networks to discover us, by all means, pass our names along. Oh, dear. Make us the stay-at-home podcasters we want to be. Right? Yes. Right. We're not that famous. Probably we're because we're not that good. <laughs> and we're kind of lazy, so... <laughs> Sorry, we just, you know, no episode last week, you know. Well, it's funny we think we can have a Patreon when we can barely get an episode a week. Hey, Mish. We're going to have Is a... everybody that's coming to chat to talk? Apparently. We're just going to have a rumble at some point during this episode. I can feel it. Yeah. Mish is looking. Oh, boy. Sus over here. All right. All right. Well, well we kind of... Um, Went on the same theme here. Yeah, we kind of ended up on the same page. I literally just Googled, when I don't know what I want to do an episode on, I literally just Google haunted places and see what pops up. Mm -hmm. Um, And this one, I know for mine, I had heard of it, but I hadn't really researched it all that well. So um, it's, I've just got one, but it is a doozy. I have one as well that is also a doozy. Okay. Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? The only way to solve this is rock, paper, scissors. Duh. All right. Rock, Rock, paper, paper, scissors, scissors, shoot. Rock, Rock, paper, paper, scissors, scissors, shoot. Gotcha. I Do you want to defer or receive? Going to receive. Okay. I'll go first. All right. Um, okay. So this is kind of jumbly, but it all will make sense. It's kind of like different families um, 
and then their stories of in one place. This one haunted house. Okay, gotcha. Um, so this house has been termed the house of death. Well, that's not morbid or anything. Yes. Um, so it's surrounded by like bad luck and death. Yeah. Um, this is in New York. Okay. Um, and you don't want to live here. <laughs> okay. Um, but somebody does currently and it's still haunted. Um, so, just, I guess I'm going to go through a little bit of the history of the house first. It's mm-hmm. old. Um, she old. Is she old. So, like I said, it's in New York. It was built in the revivalist Greek brownstones oh. in 1856. I'll pretend I know what that is. <laughs> you, know, like, think New York City, like, old brick house. Like, sex in the city, like? Yes. Houses? Okay. It's, like, brown. Very beautiful. Okay. I can picture that in my mind. Picture it, Sicily, <laughs> nineteen thirty-five, New York, eighteen fifty-six. <laughs> That's funny. Um, it's on West Tenth Street in Greenwich Village. Um, a few famous people have lived there, including the wife of the founder of the Metropolitan Underground Railroad and the Broadway Underground Railroad. Wow. Um, his name was jo- uh, James Borman Johnson. Gotcha. Johnston. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, so he had founded a reading room, a library, the 10th street studio galleries and, um, provided the annual funding for resident artists. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was kind of a big deal in his time. He was kind of, okay. he was up there. Yeah. Um, an elite, um, after he died, his very wealthy widow moved, um, herself and their daughters into this house of death. Um, and this was in the 1880s. Okay. Um, so they really didn't have anything tragic happen there, Mm -hmm. but after they left is when things kind of started to go downhill. Okay. And then this is where it became known as the house of death. Um, this man, Fred Andrew purchased the house, um, in 1897 Mm -hmm. and he was a famous cycler. So he was bicycling. Oh, cycling. Cycling. Um, and he kind of just, he got, he got arrested because of reckless bike, bicycle riding. Okay. <laughs> um, and he actually had hit an eight year old boy oh. and, um, broke his leg, oh. the boy's leg. Hmm. Um, he was okay, the boy, but this is kind of what people believe was like the start of, um, the like haunt. the streak of bad luck. Okay. Um, he kind of got really depressed and mm-hmm. just upset. Like, he was pretty torn up about... I mean, I can imagine. Sure. Um, felt yeah. horrible. And he went to jail for it. Mm. Um, okay. So, he leaves. And then someone very famous moves into this house. Any guesses? I told you the other day. Um, Kesha. <laughs> Don't stop me. <laughs> no, it was not Kesha. <laughs> um, it was Megan Thee Stallion. <laughs> oh, well, excuse me. <laughs> the yield Megan. The yield Megan. <laughs> Just kidding. It was Mark Twain. Ah. Which I did not know. His actual real name was Samuel Clemens. Oh, I think I've heard that before. Mark Twain's got a better ring to it, though. Mark Twain. Yeah, got a twang to it. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. 
Um, so he was a resident at the death house mm-hmm. only three years after Fred Andrew, the cyclist, mm-hmm. um, started, you know, this whole streak of bad luck. Um, Mark Twain lived in the house for a little over 12 months. Um, he was right in the middle of bankruptcy and, um, he was still writing like his mm-hmm. literature, but, um, he was, um, also battling depression. He was not really having the best time in the house. He was just going through it. Um, yes. So apparently he did not believe in ghosts, um, yet wrote a, um, kind of wrote about a paranormal experience that he had had in the house. Um, so this is kind of where like the haunting stuff happens. Okay. Um, not so much like bad luck. Sure. Running children over with bicycles. Yeah. Like more paranormal (laughs) stuff. Yes. Um, So, one night, there was a large piece of wood in Mm -hmm. the um, fireplace. Okay. And he said that it lifted up Mm -hmm. and was, like, moving. Mm -mm. And as you do, takes his gun out, shoots it. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot at it. Oh, Lord. Um, And he thought maybe it was being moved by a rat, so he was trying to shoot at the rat. That is a bodybuilding rat that is, like, (laughs) lifting this log up. (laughs) Yes. Um, So, as soon as he... Um, shot his gun. Um, the fire, the um, firewood fell back mm-hmm. into like the fireplace. Um, and there was blood, but no rat. Mm, weird. Yeah. Okay, that's spooky. he was still convinced that it was a rat. A rat. But where did the rat go? Where did the rat go? Mm. Mm, yes. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so Mark Twain didn't stay at the house long. Um, but there have been accounts of seeing him in the house after his death. Mm. Um, mostly just kind of walking up and down the stairs. Uh Um, they, oh, hey Murph. (laughs) (laughs) Um, there was one account in the late 1930s. Um, the house had been turned into... Um, like a co-op building that had mm-hmm. like little condo apartments. Okay. Um, after they turned it into like from a house to condos, <clears throat> a mother and daughter bumped into um, what they believe was Mark Twain's ghost sitting on a window seat. <laughs> They're like, excuse me. <laughs> um, they were approached by him mm-hmm. and said, my name is Clemens and I has a problem here. I got to settle. And then he vanished. And he was like, gotta go. I gotta go. Um, so, I don't know if he's just still unsettled in his yeah. afterlife or what. That's but interesting. he's definitely been seen. Hanging around. around. Murphy, can you just lay down, bro? Those tiny taps are Murphy for those that are wondering. <laughs> They're not back. <laughs> back, maybe not. Yes, we're having a wreck go over here trying to record. And wrangle animals. And we have three animals now parked here and this is is a lot this is a whole lot going on today okay moving on all right (laughs) um okay mark twain he's done murphy don't even um so moving on jan bryant bartell and her daughter moved into the house in 1957 okay um pretty much immediately some of kind of haunting things started happening to her. Mm-hmm. She described a monstrous moving shadow that would follow her around the house. Ooh. 
Can you not growl at me? One time. <laughs> He's doing the scary ghost sounds. Um, she saw the a figure of a man standing in her hallway. Um, and she reached out and tried to touch him. Um, mm-hmm. She said she felt something. And... <laughs> going to sound like a huge double mess. We had to time out again. <laughs> this is a, we should have recorded yesterday yeah. now that I'm thinking this through. Yeah, I know. Mishka's just stuffing his face right here. <laughs> okay, well, Murphy laid down, so that's good. Quality, quality <laughs> material content. coming out right now. <laughs> oh, God. This is like when we had Dennis. It's just bringing Flapping back all the and, memories. Yeah, all the joys. Um, hey, Kitty. Okay. So, she reaches out, touches this um, sh- shadow figure of a man. Sure. Um, she describes it as substance without substance. She said it was chilly and damp. No. Um, and it was kind of like misty. Mm. Um, and then her fingers felt freezing on uh, the tips at the end. Okay. Um, she said they kind of turned numb and tingly. Okay. And she said she felt, um, yeah, yeah, they were damp, and then um, she had, like, a weird smell, hmm. like, come over her. Okay. Um, she said it was kind of, like, bitter smelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, sorry, lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> it was bitter. <laughs> it was bitter. Um, and she said it kind of smelled like rotting food. Okay. Um, but there was weird. no rotting food in her house. Okay. Um, and they also had animals that would, um, before living in the house were sweet, Mm -hmm. like all of these critters in this house. Mm -hmm. Um, but after moving into the house would just become aggressive for no reason. Okay. I've heard that before. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so basically Bartel was like, "Mm -mm, I'm over it. Yeah, I'm done. (laughs) There's some shit going on in this house. Um, so she hired a paranormal expert to investigate what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and the investigator said that there were upward to 22 spirits in the house. Oh, wow. Um, including Mark Twain, mm. <laughs> um, which is kind of silly, but like. That's crazy. He's just chilling there. Makes me wonder if it's a portal, you know? I mean, it sounds maybe, yeah. If there's that many. <laughs> I that's... know. That's always what makes me think like portally. 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 Yeah. That's a weird word. Portally portal. Portal. Like porter potty. <laughs> it's not potty. a paranormal porta potty. It's <laughs> a portal. Do you do you poop in the afterlife? I don't think you need to. I think your uh, bodily functions are kind of moot. Do you get to eat up there? Yeah, I don't know. We could ask Dennis the dog. I'm sure he would tell you yes. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so too. I hope I can eat gluten in the afterlife. <laughs> But then you go to hell and they're like, you're still gluten free. Uh. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Um, okay, so there's Mark Twain. Yeah. Um, there was a woman in a white dress who was a woman not, in white. Yep, identify. There was a little girl and a gray cat. So there's <laughs> and a cat. A cat living there. And a partridge in a paranormal tree. <laughs> yep. Um, so Bartel then um, writes. A book. Okay. Um, it's called Spindrift Spray from a Psychic Sea. Oh, that's very <laughs> dramatic. Um, 
So, yes, she kind of just wrote about what it was like living in, like, a pretty haunted house. Sure. Um, I did take a little snippet of her book. Um, okay. So I'll read. This is from her book directly. Um, it says, like a game of ten little Indians, deaths, deaths began to occur in the house. The first to die was a dog, Jan's own beloved Penelope. But within 24 hours, she was to learn the death of the first human tenant. Whether by heart attack, suicide, or kitty, or murder, the deaths came in rapid succession. In terror, with nine little Indians gone, the Bartels moved far away from Greenwich Village, but the haunting followed them. After the completion of Spindrift, Jan Bartell became the tenth. Oh, that's ominous sounding. Kitty, oh my god. <laughs> I literally am stressed. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole lot happening this morning. Um, Bartell died shortly after completing the manuscript in uh, what they called mysterious circumstances. Mm, Um, They did say, however, um, she suffered from mental illness and there were rumors of suicide attempts. Gotcha. Um, But they kind of have um, associated her death with the legend of the death house. I gotcha. House of death. Interesting. Um. So, trigger warning, Mm -hmm. Um, this is a little graphic. Um, In November, it was November 2nd of 1987, um, there was a pretty big tragedy that occurred in the house. Um, And this is the murder of Lisa Nussbaum. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is directly from, um, like, coverage of this like of the case. Of the, yeah. Okay. Um, says around 6.40 a.m., 911 operators got a pressing phone call from a children's author and editor, Hida Nussbaum. Okay. Um, she said that her six-year-old daughter, Lisa, wasn't breathing. Mm. Um, so they sent an ambulance to the house. Mm-hmm. And the paramedics walked into a pretty disturbing scene. Mm-hmm. Um, Nisa, or Lisa, Lisa was... Um, like six or seven, mm. so she was little. Yeah. Um, they found her uh, naked and unresponsive on the kitchen floor. Okay. Um, her brother Mitchell was tied to a playpen Ooh. and was soaked in his own urine. That's awful. Um, the mother was covered in bruises and had several broken bones. Mm. Um, investigators found marijuana, cocaine, hashish. Over 20 crack pipes and $25,000 in cash in the apartment. Wow. Um, they were unable to revive Lisa, hmm. um, and her autopsy revealed the cause of death was repeated blunt force trauma to the oh, skull. Oh, my God. Um, the mom and the lawyer... Um, no. <laughs> I don't know why that says lawyer in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, both the mom and father were arrested and charged with first-degree murder. Okay. Um, and it was believed that the dad kind of went on a big drug binge. Sure. Um, and okay. was very violently abusing both his wife and children. Mm. Um, she, The mom actually got out of um, the whole legal issue um, for testimony against... Her husband. Oh, okay. Um, so she never went. She wasn't to charged. Prison. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, and the jury found him guilty of manslaughter in the second degree. Okay. Which 
I think that should have been murder, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, so just a lot of bad things, obviously, in and the house. Localized to this house. Yeah. yeah. Um, and apparently now it is like spreading. Ooh, it's out like of working the house. its way out. Yeah. Um, so their neighbors have said like their lights have started like mm. flickering. Um, they, um, one neighbor said they saw like a shadow, like move through a door like, yeah. in and out of like the doorway. Yeah. So it's time to break out that. It's, it's get some to, sage. Yeah. It's maybe time to cleanse. Get some sage. Yeah. Um, so there are current people living in, in the house. Right. Um, and they're not shy about talking about what happens. Happen. Um, yeah. yeah, they say it's pretty active, pretty active Oof. in the house. Um, but it doesn't bother them. So hmm. They still live there today. Dang. Well, that's, that's impressive that that does not bother them. Yeah. That would very much bother me. <laughs> it would bother me a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's a wild one. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. That is the, uh, house of death. Well. I don't think I want to live there. No, thank you. No, thank you. Well, I am, I guess, kind of going on a little bit of the same uh, tangent okay. with the House of Death. Um, and I am talking about today what is known as the Murder Castle. Ooh. Can we just talk about how quiet it is well, right now? Now they're going to get up since you said that. <laughs> Both cats have disappeared. Murphy's laying down. <laughs> just everyone be nice and calm, please. <laughs> All right. Um, so I am talking about, as I said, the murder castle mm-hmm. and the murder castle is very heavily associated with a man named H.H. H. Holmes. Okay. Now, um, you may recognize parts of this story if you've not heard it before. Um, I believe this story was the inspiration for American Horror Story Hotel. Okay. I think it was meant to kind of, I think this was uh, part of the inspiration there. Okay. So to talk a little bit about the murder castle, we first need to talk about H.H. Holmes and who he was. So he was born as Herman Mudgett in New Hampshire, in Gilmanton, New Hampshire, on May 16th of 1861. And he was born into an affluent family um, and from a young age really showed um, signs of high intelligence and an interest in medicine. But this is kind of where it starts to to get kind of sus because he was known to practice, and I say that in air quotes, surgery. (laughs) On local animals. Oh. As we know, violence to animals is a usual sign of not good things. Yep. Um, it's also believed that he could have been responsible for the death of one of his friends as a child. So, oh. yeah. So, he did um, attend and graduate from the University of Michigan with a medical degree, even more concerning. Um, and he paid for his tuition by running insurance scams, by making up imaginary people, and then stealing corpses to present to the insurance investigators as evidence. Well, now this will become a theme throughout the story, but I also think it's important to note that at the time, um, you know, obviously today medical students use cadavers a lot in their studies, but, um, obviously those cadavers are people who have donated their bodies to science. Mm -hmm. Uh, back in the day, there was no donating your body to science. It was not a thing yet. Um, so naturally medical students still needed to practice on cadavers, but there were no real good ways to get cadavers. Um, so medical schools would actually pay people to steal bodies to give to them. So, um, that was kind of a practice at the time, but I think it's important to say that early to kind of set the scene. Um, 
So yes. So let's see. So from 1885 to 1886 ish, he moved to Chicago and assumed the name of Dr. Henry H. Holmes. Um, he did leave a wife and child behind, I believe in New Hampshire when he did that. We'll also find that Holmes really did not understand this concept of, um, to be married to a person or try to marry someone. You need to not be married to someone at the time. Like you need <laughs> to be not doubly be married. <laughs> right. He was a very big bigamist as we will see. Okay. Um, so he moves to Chicago. He assumes this name and he work, starts working as a pharmacist and ends up purchasing this pharmacy from the owner's widow. Um, it's kind of, I could not find like, uh, you know, concrete proof, but there are some thoughts that he may have murdered the pharmacy owner. Um, the widow also uh, mysteriously disappeared soon after the sale. So Jeez. we don't know what happened He's there. a little sus. Oh, it's going to get way more sus. Um so he was still doing the scam thing at this time as well. He also was known to, as we said, steal cadavers. Um, he would mutilate them and claim that they were victims of accidents. And I believe claimed to be family member, like a, a relative of that person to okay. get insurance money. Um, and he did this long enough where he had enough money that he built a three story building and he referred to it as the castle. And this was built near Jackson park in Chicago. This is the murder castle. It is. And Jackson Park is um, important for the next kind of part of the story. Okay. Um, so we'll first talk about the, you know, the castle itself. Um, he did operate it as a hotel. Uh, the first floor had shops on it, and then it kind of had, like, small, like, apartments okay. above it. Um, so, I mean, it says hotel, but it kind of sounds like a boarding house to me a little bit. Um, now, this was uh, no ordinary hotel clearly, because, um, essentially he had like rigged this building with a lot of traps in it. For example, rooms were rigged to be soundproof Mm -mm. and many had chutes that led directly to the basement of the building. And we'll talk about why he needed those. Um, yeah, (laughs) it's for nothing good. I guarantee it. The layout of the hotel was intentionally built to be confusing as a labyrinth so that visitors would have a hard time finding their way out. Um, doors were, uh, rigged to only be able to be open from the outside. And in the basement of the building, um, Holmes had constructed a homemade crematorium as well as acid vats and quicklime, which I believe are used to help destroy, um, bodies. Wow. Yeah. Now I said the location of this, um, awful place was important. And the reason for that is because in 1893, the world's fair was held in Chicago and specifically it was held in Jackson park. Um, so, I mean, the, the world's fair, one of the biggest, um, you know, international events of the time is right next to this murder castle, essentially. Mm -hmm. So, you know, over 27 million people came to Chicago for this. A lot of them needed places to stay. Um, a lot of these people were women who were looking for jobs. So it, you know, it just brought a ton of people in. It really was the perfect opportunity for mm-hmm. Holmes to just, you know, Oof. do his nastiness. Um, so as I said, this was a big deal. You know, the, uh, World's Fair itself had, you know, top American architects there and exhibits from over 40 countries. Um, as I said, many of the people who came were young women searching for work and were often traveling far away from their families. So Holmes really took advantage of this fact and, you know, how close his hotel was to where all this was happening. So essentially this led Holmes to start seducing women who were visiting from out of town and proposing to them. 
once he would do that, he would get them to take out life insurance policies and make him the beneficiary. And then he'd move them into one of their hotel's rooms. Um, Many times they did not leave once they entered the hotel. Um, He would murder them and essentially take their life savings. And I think part of the uh, way he was able to do this as well is because a lot of these people were far away from their families. Mm-hmm. You couldn't just hop in the car or jump on a plane at that time. You know, it was very difficult to travel. Yeah. So unfortunately a lot of these family members just never knew what happened to their, their loved one. That's unfortunate. Yeah. So other something else is that he required his employees to take out life insurance policies because that's totally something an employer would ask you to do. Yeah. That also conveniently listed him as the beneficiary. Thank you, Murphy. Um, And he, (laughs) there's so many sounds in this episode. It's just a thing. He would make them list him as the beneficiary. And then conveniently, of course, he would also murder them and pocket the money. Yeah. Um, He used the basement as a means to destroy these bodies or sell them to local medical schools, which I talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, So there are reportedly many, many victims of, Homes. Um, however, some that we know are Julia and Pearl Connor, which were a mother and daughter who he murdered both of them in 1891. A woman named Emmeline Segrin, I think, mm-hmm. in 1892. And then in 1893, Minnie and Nanny Williams, who were sisters. Um, so some information on them was that Holmes had married Minnie and took her inheritance and his, you know, insurance scams. Mm-hmm. Um, he claimed that Julia and Emmeline, trigger warning here, had disappeared or had passed away during illegal abortions. There is no evidence to support that at all. He murdered them. Um, And really none of uh, these women's remains were ever found. Mm. It was assumed he probably sold their bodies to local medical schools. Um, But when serving a search warrant on the hotel, police found a watch that belonged to Minnie's or to Minnie (laughs) and a garter buckle that belonged to Nanny and bones found in the basement floor were believed to unfortunately have belonged to 12 year old. Pearl, whom was poisoned. So, giant douchebag. Yep. Don't you worry, he gets caught. So, in 1893, um, I'll say this. So, he kind of did all of his scams in the murder castle, and then he left Chicago. Okay. In 1893, he was arrested for insurance fraud when he started. Do you have something to contribute? <laughs> Why don't you get in your bed? Get in your bed. When he, let's see, he started a fire in his house to try and take the insurance money. Um, This didn't quite work out. He goes to jail for a little bit. Um, (laughs) Murphy's really interested in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) So he starts working with a man named Ben uh, Pietzel. Pietzel? I'm sorry if I said that wrong. Pretzel? Pretzel. It looks looks like pretzel, but with an I. Pietzel. That's, I'm guessing, how you say it. Um, and they started to commit insurance fraud together and started um, concocting the scheme to help Pietzel fake his own death. <laughs> Are you just growling at nothing? Yeah, why don't you just lay down? Thank you. Um, so to make this scheme work, Pietzel bought a $10,000 life insurance policy and traveled with homes through Colorado, Missouri, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, and Texas committing different insurance scams. Holmes also married yet again while on this trip. Again, does not get the concept that you cannot just get married 3,000 times. (laughs) Um, So let's see. He was arrested in Missouri, um, and there he met someone named Marion Hedgepath, who agreed to help on the scam. Pietzel moved to Philadelphia after this and opened a fake patent office. 
And once he was out of jail, Holmes went to Philadelphia. Um, and instead of fake murdering Pietzel, he just actually murdered him. Oh. <laughs> so um, after that point, he convinced Pietzel's widow, who was in on this scam, that he was indeed not dead and that the plan had worked. And then he even gave her money out of the inheritance to help keep her quiet. Kind of nasty Nelly. He really is. To be even nastier, he ended up murdering three of the five Piezel children to help cover up their father's actual murder. Oh. So how does murdering more people cover up a murder? You know, these are these are good questions. Hey, Kitty. Kitty's here to give us an answer. <laughs> Um, so let's see. Holmes ended up being arrested in Boston in 1894 after insurance investigators became aware of what he was doing, <laughs> uh, finally. And he was tried for Pietzel's murder, and that's where he was found guilty. However, he did confess up to 27 murders, but historians now think he actually could have murdered up to 200 people. Oh, my. So just an insane amount. Um, when he was incarcerated, he was noted to be very calm, Mm -hmm. unassuming. Um, but he was quoted as saying this, I was born with the devil in me. I could not help the fact that I was a murderer, no more than a poet can help the inspiration to sing. I was born with the evil one standing as my sponsor beside the bed where I was ushered into the world. And he has been with me since, Mm -hmm. um, in a very ironic kind of last wish, his last wishes prior to being executed included requesting that his body be buried 10 feet deep and encased in cement. And here it is to prevent body snatchers from exhuming him. When <laughs> literally that is all he did his entire <laughs> life. No, <laughs> I really hope they didn't do. I don't, I didn't read whether they actually did that or not. Um, he was executed on May 7th, um, 1896 by hanging. Uh, reportedly it took him more than 20 minutes to die. Uh, you know, you know, I, I can't pretend to be terribly upset about that when he murdered a bazillion people. Yep. Um, so I think this leads to the question, you know, what happened to the murder castle after his death? Mm-hmm. Well, after his death, rumors began circulating that Holmes had actually paid executioners off to um, hang someone else in his place and escape. Um, this became so rampant that in 2017, descendants of Holmes that were living in Delaware requested that his body be exhumed for DNA testing, which they did. And the remains did confirm that the body was indeed Holmes. So he did not get away. Um, in 1895, the murder castle was largely destroyed by fire. It sounds like they could not pin it on anyone, but, uh, witnesses did report seeing people go into the building right before it burned down. So um, and in 1983, the building was completely <clears throat> torn down, and today is the Inglewood branch of the U.S. Post Office. Okay. So, <laughs> um, if you've ever been to that post office, now you know what was there before. Yeah. Um, nothing good. Nothing good. So, that is H.H. H. Holmes and um, his uh, douchebag ways and the murder castle. The murder castle. Yes. And... There's also apparently a book about it. This has been on my reading list for a while. I've just never had the chance to read it called mm. Devil in the White City. It's about H.H. H. Holmes. Oh, okay. So if you have ever read that book, um, let me know how it was. Or if you don't and you want to learn more, that may be something to read as well. It, I believe it's a fictional, yeah. like it's a fiction book. But All right. <laughs> well, I think Murphy said we're done. <laughs> yes. He's saying wrap it up. So. Well, good. That was okay. a good one. It was a good one. Um, sorry for all the sounds. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's just a delightful symphony of pet noises in here. Um, all right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, go see Caitlin on Facebook. Send her cute pictures like Murphy's. 
Um, you can come find us on Instagram at ghoul friends podcast. You can find us on Twitter at ghoul underscore friends. You can find us on TikTok at ghoul friends podcast. I'm going Murphy. Hold on. <laughs> and if you have a listener story or want to send us an email, you can always do that at ghoul friends podcast at gmail.com. And if you need yourself some ghoul friends merch, you can do that at ghoul friends <laughs> Yes, we hear you. All right. Well, for now, we, we and Murphy hope you have a safe and spooky week. As always, I'm Celeste. And I'm Caitlin. And we're your girlfriends. <laughs>